Good evening, everyone. Are you well? Could we give the worship team a hand of applause? I think they did such a great job with the worship. So I've got a quick question for you. Do we have any first-timers here? Are you any first-time visitors here tonight? First-timer. All the hands for first-timers, can you go up? Yay, welcome. Welcome to Hatfield this evening. It's lovely to have you here with us. Could I ask you to connect with us after the service? You're welcome to come connect with us um, at our host table after the service. So a warm welcome to you. So we have been focusing, well, our year theme for this year has been the Disciples' Quest. And in the beginning of the year, the first focus point for us was that a disciple's action must match his or her belief. Or his or her beliefs should match their actions. And that's what we focused on in the first term. In the second term, we focused on the disciples' quest, but from a different stance, and that was from heroes, where we were looking at biblical heroes in the New Testament, but more the unlikely heroes, not the Pauls and the Johns. And the, we were looking at the unlikely characters um, so we were looking at the heroes, a body of heroes. And before we continue further on this quest with the new te theme that I think we'll release next week, I will continue this evening with a body of heroes looking at the centurion. So if you could turn in your devices or switch on your devices if they are not on, but turn in your Bibles or to your devices to Luke 7 from verse 1 to 10. Are you there? Anybody there? Raise your hand if you're not there. Yalla. Raise your hand if you're not there. Quick, quick, quick. Okay. Luke 7, from verse 1 to 10. Who's not there yet? Yo. Okay, it's in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. When Jesus had finished saying all this, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when, he, when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Who has heard this story before? 
a bunch of us have. We've heard this story before. But what makes this centurion an unlikely hero, but still a hero of faith for us to look at? And I'd like to mention the following, and it is this. Firstly, this centurion was a Roman soldier, an enemy of the Jews. He was a Roman soldier, which represented Israel's enemy. Secondly, he was a Gentile, which meant he grew up with pagan beliefs. So it was not necessarily that he knew who Jesus was. The third thing for me, which was very interesting, it says, and as we read, he says, I am a man under authority, and I have men under my authority. Which means in the soldier, as when he was a soldier, he was in a higher rank than other soldiers, and to get there, you had to be brutal. So he was a man of war, not necessarily a man of love. Yet we see something interesting in the scriptures here, and it is this. In both Luke 7 verse 9 and Matthew, 18, Matthew 8 verse 10, the Greek word thaumazo, which means and is translated marveled or amazed, is described for Jesus' response to this man's faith. This is not necessarily someone that was following Jesus around. It says in the scriptures here, in verse 3, the centurion heard of Jesus. What did he hear about Jesus that stirred his faith? He probably heard of Jesus perform signs, wonders, and miracles, healing the blind, delivering the demon-possessed, he heard of it, and he had faith. The scriptures say that faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word. And so this guy had faith. Now, he's not exactly a person with his CV. He's not exactly my cup of tea for one of the heroes of faith. But if I think of our journey and this disciple's quest that we are on, I believe with all that is inside of me, with everything that is inside of me, that we need faith if we are to become or if we are to continue journeying on this journey with Jesus. There's no ways we can do it without faith. But if you are like me, I'm not just looking for an ordinary faith. I'm looking for a supernatural faith, an extraordinary faith. And we find a man here that the scriptures say amazed Jesus with his faith. There's only one other time that it speaks about Jesus addressing this, the faith, and that is in Matthew 6 verse 6 when it says Jesus marveled. There's only, sorry, excuse me, only one other time where Jesus marvels at faith, and that is at the lack of faith at the people in Nazareth where Jesus grew up. And that is found in Matthew 6. Verse 6, it says he marveled at their lack of faith. But here you find a man where Jesus marvels at his faith to believe Jesus to do the impossible. See, this guy had a, a servant, and his servant was sick. Now, back then, a servant was seen as property, not very much. But there's something about this centurion 
that we see and we note you. He had compassion for the servant that was sick. And having compassion for the servant that was sick, he knew that he needed Jesus to step into that situation. He needed a touch from Jesus for his servant to be healed. And so we see something that's very interesting here about the centurion, is he did not just treat his servant as property, but he actually cared, which is quite something. So what is it about this guy, <laughs> this soldier, that draws us to his story to make us learn from him about having faith and a faith that makes Jesus stand in awe. When we speak about faith to follow, which is my title for this evening's sermon, on this journey of discipleship, we need a faith that will keep us going when times get tough, when things are tricky. And there's three things that I think we can see from the centurion that will help us stir our faith as we journey with Jesus and follow him. And the first thing that I want to mention is that the centurion recognized authority and he understood it. He understood it very well. He says, I am a man under authority and I have men under my authority. He recognized authority. But even more than recognizing authority, he recognized Jesus's authority. Here you get a man, you find a man whose servant is ill. He says in this, it says in the scriptures here, he says, I have men under me. And if I say to that one, go, he goes. And if I say to that one, come, he comes. Yet here he has a servant that is ill and he cannot tell that sickness <laughs> to go or come. But what he does do is, he's heard of Jesus who can say, come, go, sickness. He's heard of this Jesus. And he sends elders to this Jesus saying, will you ask this Jesus to come and heal my servant? And as these people are coming towards his house with Jesus, he sends friends to Jesus and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Say this to Jesus. Don't come. I am not worthy to have you under my roof. When I read that, something interesting I noted here and I picked up. He says, I am not worthy to have you under my roof. I am a man under authority. Under is used three times in this passage. He says, I am a man under authority. I have people under me. And he says to Jesus, I am not worthy of having you under my roof. And the thing that I noted here was this. Jesus is King of Kings. <laughs> he is Lord of Lords. He has all authority. In Matthew 28, it says all authority has been given to Jesus. And here you have a centurion recognizing that even though he's a man of authority, his authority doesn't supersede Jesus's. He says, I'm not worthy of having you under my roof. <laughs> he recognizes Jesus's authority. He says, speak 
and it will be done. And I wonder tonight, if you think of your life and you think of your journey, whose authority are you under? Under your own or under Jesus? Have you recognized his authority in your life? Does he have the final say in your life? Or does something else have the final say? People's comments, Facebook, the newspapers, media, the world we live around or live in. What has the final say over your life? Jesus, yourself, or the world? In John 1, verse 1 to 4, it says the following. In the beginning (laughs) was the Word, and we sang it this evening. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not understand it. When the Lord speaks, and the centurion recognizes this, he says, speak, and I know my servant will be healed. When the Lord speaks, that is final. (laughs) When he speaks, his words carry weight and authority. And so I wonder tonight in your hearts, What is the thing the Lord has said to you that carries weight and authority? Are there things that the Lord has said to you that you're going, I'm not so sure, I I don't know if this thing's going to come, if this thing's going to happen. I'm not so sure. We get to those spaces, eh? Where we're not so sure, did I hear from God? Was it the Lord speaking? Well, I've got a word of encouragement for you tonight. The word from the Lord does not return to him back void. It does not. And so if things have been spoken to you from the Lord over your life and over the journey that is ahead for you, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Whether you shake or not shake, it's going to happen. Because God's words do not return to him back void. So the first thing we recognize from the centurion is he recognizes Jesus' authority. And that is something we can take on this journey to help us to stay faithful on this journey, to have faith to follow. The second thing he does that we pick up from his story is he embraces humility. How does he do that? From verse 6 to 8, says the following, So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent his friends saying, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I tell this one go, and he goes, and I tell this one come. And he comes. 
This Roman soldier had power and authority to command things to be done, but he recognized his limitation and needed Jesus' intervention. And I wonder tonight, who of us need an intervention from the Lord and recognize our limitations, whether it's in our finances? We can't make, well, people can make money, but you can't make things happen if it's not in God's will for it to happen for you. But he recognizes Jesus' authority and he, he embraces his humility. He knows that I can only go thus far, even as a man of authority, but I need Jesus' intervention. See, the thing with humility is this. When we have humility and we fall down on our knees and we go, God, I can't without you. We recognize that we are in need of him. <clears throat> and because we need him, because he doesn't need us, because we need him, and we embrace our humility in that, it draws Jesus close to our lives. Humility attracts God like a flame. Because he is the only one that can do the impossible, not us. And so this centurion embraces humility. What does it mean to embrace humility? It means to go, God, I need you. Without you, this thing is not going to turn around. And I know for some of us, we hear this evening because we're going, God, I am seeking you for this situation. I am trusting you for this situation. And I'm hoping that you come through for me in this situation, whatever the thing is that you're facing. And I'm hoping that you will leave encouraged this evening because there was a word or a couple of words that were released during the service this evening. And the words were that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask, think, or imagine. And so do you recognize his authority? Are you embracing humility by seeking and trusting the Lord? The third thing that we see from the centurion is that he chose to trust, not in himself, but in the Lord. In verse 7, it, these words ring so true in my spirit. It just says, but say the word and my servant will be healed. It's not a blind trust, but it's a trust in Lord. If you speak, that that you say will happen. That that you say will happen. Say the word and my servant will be healed. Say the word and this thing will change. And I wonder how many of us are saying that to the Lord. Lord, just say the word and the situation will change. Because I know that your word is who you are. The scriptures say that in the beginning, there was the word and the word was with God. And that word is Jesus. And he does not separate himself from the word. He is the word, the eternal word of God. And so when he speaks, the very essence of who he is comes through his mouth. And those words penetrate our lives and perform miracles. And we can trust him for that. I remember a situation, just a personal testimony of mine. My husband and I were in a bit of a financial difficulty. While my, I think my child, she's five years old now, but my little one was one back then. And we were really trusting God for finances. 
For those parents in the room, you know when the babies come, the finances are quite tight. Look at Thierry doing this. And so I remember this week we were really trusting the Lord for finances. And my husband and I would kneel down together and pray and trust the Lord. And nothing was happening. And we just kept trusting, just kept trusting. And there was a certain amount we were trusting God for. There might be those that have heard the story before. But there was a certain amount we were trusting God for. And I remember us putting out our faith. And as we put out our faith, the Lord brought that exact amount to us through someone in the congregation. Hey? Supernaturally. And I remember my husband driving home from church, so excited that we got this finances because that we've been trusting the Lord for. And as he walked through the door, I looked at his face and I said, that money is not ours. Because I had sensed in my heart the Lord said it was not for us. Yet it was the exact amount of money we needed. And when he was driving home, he felt the same thing. He just wanted to test me and not tell me. So when I said to him, I don't think the money's ours, he was also like, yeah, the Lord said the same thing to me. And so what we did with that money is we took it and we drove to the family that we sensed it was for. You would not believe this. They were trusting God for the exact amount. When we gave them that money, they said, how did you know? And we said, we sense from the Lord that this is for you. Now remember, we trusting for that same amount. No chions at weg. We giving that money away. So what are we going to sit with? Yet we put out our faith going, okay, God, we heard from you that you said it's not ours. So you know our situation. And if we give this away, we know you're going to give us back. You have to. You just have to trust that you'll do that. And so we sowed the money. We gave it. Away in obedience. That was the Sunday. Come Monday morning, we got a phone call from a friend. Gave us three, was it three or three times the amount? Three times the amount that we were trusting God for. So now imagine this, if we went, Lord, we're keeping this money. You know we need nappies and formula. God, we are not giving this money away. Hey, can you imagine? Withholding because you're not sure. Withholding because of lack of faith. And so by stepping out in faith and trusting God, acknowledging, recognizing his authority, that he is God over money. He is God over our situation. He is God over our finances, over every area of our lives. He is God. And then going, you know what, Lord, we're going to be humble enough that even if we don't have nappies tonight or whatever the thing is we need, we're giving this money away because we trust you and your word that you will look after us. And the Lord came through for us. And so what is the situation in your life that you're facing tonight where you need to recognize Jesus' authority, where you need to Go, God, I'm going to embrace my humility and I'm going to call out to you. I'm going to embrace humility and I'm going to seek you. And where you actually need to take God's hand and go, I'm going to trust that your word says who you, your word says that you are so and so and that's what it is. Where your hand of faith goes out and trusts the Lord. See, this disciple's quest, and I said it before and I say it again, is not made for sissies. Because it takes some stickability. 
some durability that in the times of trials and tribulations, you will stand, you will walk, you will continue to follow Jesus. As I come to a conclusion, this is one thing I want to note here. It says Jesus was entering Capernaum. Now the centurion was from Capernaum, a city known for its lack of faith. And here you have a man, for a city coming from a city who's known for its lack of faith, you have a man who amazes Jesus with his faith. And so we come from what? A world of darkness. We live in a world of darkness. And I wonder what our week could look like if we had men and women from this room live out faith this week. We would have light shining in dark places. And what is amazing about the centurion man here is his faith wasn't just for himself. It says in the end of the story, his faith caused for his servant to be healed. And so you having faith to follow Jesus, faith in Jesus is not just going to be for you. It is going to change your whole world around if you allow Jesus to shine his light through you. Whether it's at university this week, whether it's at work, whether it's in a relationship that's very difficult, whether it is in your finances, that you can trust God in that area and shine like stars in a dark world. And so I want to invite you to stand and to trust with me that God would fill us with his faith to believe him and to trust him for that which he wants to bring about in our lives but that we would be people that recognize his authority, embrace humility, and choose to trust the words that he speaks. Father, we come to you this evening in the name of Jesus, and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And we have the scriptures to testify about your wonders, your goodness, your miracles, Lord. Father, thank you that your word says that all authority has been given to you. And we recognize tonight, Jesus, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, we choose to position ourselves under your authority. And as we position ourselves under your authority, Christ, that you would have the final say of our lives, in our finances, in our relationships, in our homes, in our marriages, Lord, over our families, that you would have the final say. And Father, we ask that you would help us to embrace humility, where we do not lean on our own understanding, but where we acknowledge you in all our ways and that you would make our path straight. And Father, finally, we want to ask, Lord, that you would give us a new hunger, fresh hunger for your word. For we know, Lord, that you were the word who became flesh. And the more time we spend in your word, the more time we spend with you. So help us in this week, Lord, to shine like stars in a dark, depraved world by having faith that amazes you. We ask of this, not because we can do it in our own strength, but we ask of it 
by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. May you go out this week and may you shine for Jesus. Thank you for joining us in the service this evening. Amen.